I greet you all in the very blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now let us once again consider the second part of this blessedness of being filled. Let us turn to God first in prayer. Eternal God, our gracious, loving Heavenly Father. Oh, how these hymns that we've sung tonight Lord, must truly stir us afresh to remember that all that we should desire in this life should be just simply more love to our Savior. Until we lisp our very last breath, it will still be more love to our Savior. May that be, Lord, the tune of our hearts all our lives, seeking and hungering after loving Him more and more. And Father, tonight, as we gather to try and understand more of this, may you first cleanse us and wash us of all our sins, that this gathering, Lord, would receive your blessing, that your Holy Spirit would work mightily in every heart. O oh Lord, we pray that we will not just be hearers of these Beatitudes, but would truly go forth and embrace them, lift them out, and be doers of them. And tonight, O oh God, we pray that you remove all distraction and wandering thoughts and cast our hearts and minds upon thy holy word alone. So be with us now, we ask and pray, and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we saw, what does it mean, well, to be filled, hunger and thirsting after righteousness as a promise. God says, it's a blessed person who have a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? Because God says this person will be filled, will be filled. Righteousness is whatever pleases God, right? A righteous man does what pleases God, what God commands. He is willing to do, and he always does that, brings joy to God's heart, doing that which is always right in God's eyes. So please remember that. Whatever it is, whatever kind of life that God desires, lets you know from his holy word, well, that is what you want. That is what you hunger and thirst after. That is the right thing before God's eyes. So that is what you hunger and thirst after, right? And this hunger and thirst, please remember, is not just, well, feeling a little bit hungry. It describes someone who is literally crawling on the ground, right? Desperate, right? Longing, yearning, thirsting to the point where the person well, if, you don't, if I don't receive this, well, I'd rather die, and I will die. It's that kind of hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirsting after how God wants us to live and what He wants us to be in His presence, right? Hunger and thirst after righteousness. And God says such a person will be filled, will be filled. Now, last week we studied what is filling. Filling is, well, being satisfied, being fulfilled, God says, if you have hunger and thirst after righteousness, now whatever the aspect of righteousness is, whatever aspect of obedience it is, whatever aspect of um, pleasing Him it may be, God says, it will be filled. Now, in other words, God is saying that, Christian, whatever 
or however you wish in terms of being as holy as you can be in the sight of God. God says, whatever level and um, um, height of spirituality that you hunger and thirst after, God says, I promise you that hunger, that desire, that life that you're hungering and thirsting after, it will be satisfied. I will fulfill it. I will make it possible. Now, we keep reading in the Bible. God says in 2 Peter, now, anything that is needed, let's turn to 2 Peter, please. 2 Peter. Now, let's read verses 2 and um, four, 2 to 4 together. 2 to 4 reading. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now here is God saying pretty much the part about filling you. Anything that you require for you to live that holy life, to be as close to the image of Christ, that divine nature as possible. God says, well, his power, his precious promises are all there. It's for the Christian to take hold of, to embrace. But you see, the problem is this. We don't have that hunger and thirst after this righteousness. It is never God's problem when we cannot be what we desire to be in terms of being spiritual. It is always the lack of hunger and thirst, never the lack on God's part. So the first thing we learned last week about, well, what is this blessedness of being filled? This blessedness of being filled is, you imagine how holy and godly you wish to be to please God in your service, right? in your testimony, in overcoming sin. God says, it will be filled. It will be filled. That is what we learned last week. Now, that is a wonderful promise because there are many, many things in this world that people of the world, they, they, they long to be like, right? The greatest sportsman. Oh, if only I can play that sport like that sportsman. If only I could be as smart as that scientist. Whatever is your area that you um, have admiration for, well, many of us know we will never attain it. We will never attain it. But when it comes to righteousness, God says we will always be able to attain it. We will be filled. So Christian, that must stir us, stir us to live for the Lord because there is nothing in this world, no matter how much you long for it, to be like the world. Now, is in the first place worth being like the world for. In the second place, you will not attain in many of these areas. But here is a promise 
a promise. Why live for the world? Why pursue the world? When here is something that you know is a promise that you can be what you desire to be and you will meet Christ exactly like how you desire to meet Christ. Not to hear him be disappointed at you. It is possible. Don't look at other Christians and say, I'll never be like that Christian. You read autobiographies and say, I'll never be that holy and godly like this missionary and that person and so on. God says, it's for you too. All right, so now that is the blessedness. That is the blessedness. Pursue that. Nothing else is worth pursuing. Many of it we will never attain, but this we can always attain. Now this week, we want to look at the blessedness materialized. All right, last week we saw, now what is this blessedness? What is this feeling? Now this week we'll see the blessedness being materialized. All right, the picture, in other words, of such a person, when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you actually know this blessedness materializing in your life. Last week, we spoke generally about be as holy as you want to be. You will be. You will be able to attain that by His grace, by His power. Now, there is a blessedness that will never be filling to the Christian, or even to the people of the world. The world promises, the world promises a feeling. The world promises a blessedness. The world promises a life, all right, that, well, will be so satisfying, will be so um, fulfilling. The world promises that all the time in many things, but it will never fulfill its promise. Young person, elderlies alike. Now, whatever it is that you're pursuing in this world that you believe will bring satisfaction, fulfillment in your life, as long as it, is, as it is not about righteousness, you will fall into the deception. The world fools many to pursue, to hunger and thirst after, well, the happiness that it can provide through possessions, through power, Right, through the fulfilling of pride, the world promises, if you have these things, you will be very happy. It is the life that you want, the pleasures that you can get from pursuing the world. Wow, that is incomparable. So the world believes that. The world goes after that. Don't be foolish. Now, we saw at one point in this series, in Hebrews 11.24, you are very familiar, we read it a few times. Now, Moses, God says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Even God tells us, sin does have pleasures. And some of the pleasures may not necessarily in our minds be sinful, all right? Well, what is so, what is so wrong about the pleasure of eating food, um, of, of sleeping, and so on? You say, well, some of these things, they are not, not sinful pleasures, right? But God says even sin, even sin has pleasures. It can bring you pleasure. Well, it's definitely sinful pleasure, right? But God says that the pleasures of sin is for a season. You seek after fulfilling your lusts, 
You will send, you will experience pleasure. But God reminds us it's for a season. It will never last. It will not be lasting fulfillment. It's not lasting blessedness. Moses saw through that. Moses was not well in his old person, right? Having tasted things like Solomon. Moses was a young man, but he chose not to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, meaning to say that, well, if believing in Jehovah, this Jewish God, if living for him, standing up for him, is going to bring reproach, persecution, if being pleasing to God, to stand with the Jews, is going to bring problems for him. Well, he'd rather choose that. So Christian, when the belief, uh, rather, and he says, for he had respect on the recompense of the reward. He understood the reward of that is everlasting. It lasts, that reward. It's not the temporal pleasures of sin in Egypt for a season, and that is all. Now, how do we see examples of this materializing in our lives? Now, maybe I start with, with you. Well, young ones, those who are in school, high school or primary school, right? Year one, year two, and so on, and, or, in, or in university, students. Now, when you desire hunger and thirst after righteousness more than anything else, that means very often you are walking a life that is disdained by your, your classmates, right? Well, some of you, your friends, they like to play certain computer games, they talk about movies that you know you should not be part of, and then in those conversations, well, because you seek to please God, you have a thirst after righteousness, so you, you decide not to be part of those things. Well, university students, you have your areas as well, or high school students. They are going for certain parties. They are going for certain gatherings. They are going for certain, going after certain things. Because you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'd rather please God, and that is more important to you than their friendship. Hunger and thirst means that is the one thing that you want more than anything else. You value it more than your life. That's the meaning of hunger and thirst. And because you value that, value pleasing God more than anything else. How does this materialize in your life? Even if, well, in school, they ostracize you. You say, ah, oh, that Christian is here. And they all gather and they turn and they snigger and they intentionally leave you out of their group. I know some of you, um, young ones, you face that in school, right? Your parents tell us, your parents tell us, just because you don't participate in certain things, slowly and but surely, you lose friends. Then after some time, you're alone. You find that you're alone. And during break, nobody wants to hang out with you. You go quietly to the library. Now, but if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, what it means is this. It does not matter to you. You see, that, when that is so important to you, pleasing Christ is so important to you, you will just happily go to the library, right? You don't want to talk to me. You don't want to play with me. That's fine. I'll go to the library. I pull out my Bible, I pull out my, well, some of you are reading Christian biographies, that's good. 
I pull out my biography. Now I go into another world of my own. I don't need this world. Because you hunger and thirst after righteousness, it just falls off your back. It doesn't seem to bother you. They mock you, they make fun of you, they leave you out of their gatherings, they don't invite you to their, to their birthday parties anymore. It doesn't matter. You know, when you hunger and thirst, young ones, I think you understand. If you hunger and thirst after playing a certain game, hmm, your daddy and mommy can take away many things away from you and say, I'll take everything, but I will let you play this game. That's all you care about. It's okay, that you can take away everything. Just don't take this away from me, right? There is a meaning of hunger and thirst after righteousness, that blessedness materializing in your life, young ones. So you come for prayer meeting. Don't sit there and say, oh, these are all the adult stuff, beatitudes, adult stuff. No, it's for you too. If you're a Christian, when you truly hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will find that blessedness. It does not matter. I don't have to be part of your group. I don't feel sad. You know the blessedness? But you see, this is about hunger and thirst after righteousness. It's not a false thing. It is not like you're forced to read the Bible. You're forced to pray. You're forced to obey God. Now, young ones, as long as that is you, I still need to be forced. Yes, I come to church. Yes, I read the Bible. Yes, I do my quiet time. But usually I'm forced. I'm being told my parent, by my parents, then I'll do it. Yes, I'm doing it. There is some righteousness, but there is not a hunger and thirst. You will only have the, the blessedness of, it doesn't bother me. I'm so happy still being able to read the Bible, go somewhere and just speak to God alone, be lost in my autobiography of a Christian who, who gives his life to God. That is... That is all I want. That is all I need. If you have a true hunger and thirst after righteousness. So if young ones, if you go back, or university students, if you go back home and you feel, you know, being a Christian is so miserable. No, it's supposed to be blessed. And you ask, Lord, Lord, where is the blessedness? My friends, they don't hang out with me anymore. I don't have many friends. After some time, I, I tend to be alone. The only friends I have, and the worst thing for a Christian to say is this, the only friends I have are church friends. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, the only friends that they care to have, the only friends that matters for them in their life are godly, spiritual, Christian friends. As long as I have that, nothing else matters. That is the blessedness materializing in your life. You sign up for FEBC courses. And then you find that, well, to do that, you have to give up some of your waking hours to study God's Word. Maybe your results are not as good as you know it can be. But this blessedness materializes in your life when you're sitting there, young ones, teens, young adults, even adults, when you're sitting there and doing, studying the Word of God or listening to the FABC courses, in your heart you say, I, I wish I could be doing just this. I wish I did not have to study, but you have to study, all right? It's a necessity 
at this stage of your life. I wish these other things were not necessary. And even if you don't get as good a grade as you would have because you come for prayer meeting, right? You can be at home now. Is it exam times? I, I lost track. You can be at home now doing more past-year papers, doing more this and that, memorizing more, but you're here. But you know, blessedness materializing is you learning more about Christ. You get to pray tonight for the eternal kingdom's work. And you say, God, that is more important to me. I'm not asking you to be lazy. Or maybe it is some event in, in school at night. And you say, I, I'd rather go and Pray for God's kingdom. That is what I hunger and thirst after. To be part of God's people praying for and pleading for God's kingdom and pleading for other Christians. I'd rather do that. Then the next day you go to school, all your friends talk about what happened last night. You don't feel any sense of missing out on anything. Young ones, this is what God means. Blessed are they. This is what God means when you hunger and thirst after righteousness. The, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Everything is about God's kingdom and His righteousness first. You have the, you have the fulfillment in your heart. You go to school, they talk about that. You don't feel left out. You just remember last night what we prayed for. You hear, you remember about, well, testimonies about how God answered prayers, that you were part of praying for the kingdom of God. Now, this, all these are same experiences for the adults as well. So I'd rather be part of these things. Just now we sang the hymn. I hope many of you did notice the hymn writer's words. More love to thee, O Christ. Now thee alone I seek. Not, there's nothing wrong with good results, nothing wrong with promotion, nothing wrong with possessions. But thee alone I seek. If seeking you, then I lose out on some of these things. Well, thee alone I seek. It's fine. And let this be my parting cry. Your, your last breath on earth is not, I really regretted not going, not traveling and seeing more things. You know, many people at their deathbed, they say, oh, I really regretted. I should have traveled when I could have traveled. I should have eaten more of this when I, when I could have. I could have this, but I didn't. I could have, I could have. But for the Christian, what is your parting words? Still more love to thee, O Christ. Never enough hungering and thirsting after Christ. Never enough. Still more love to you, O Christ. Now, if you are like that, that kind of hunger and thirst is in you. You have a blessedness that the world cannot touch. You have a blessedness that does not depend on what you have or do not have from this world. Now, that is why this is so blessed. Why is this blessedness always, um, it will always be filled? Because it's not dependent on what the world gives you. It's dependent on what God gives you. The peace that passeth all understanding. Right? That joy despite persecution. That is what God gives and God promises to give. It's not dependent on anything except God and God has promised to give. 
So young ones, you will never be bored during holidays. Are you bored during holidays? Are you? Daddy, mommy, it's holidays. I'm so bored. I don't know what to do. You will never be bored. There'll be so much to read in the Bible. There'll be so many things, so many FUBC courses that you can re-listen to. You will never be bored if you're hunger and thirst after righteousness. Young ones, if you say, I'm, I'm bored, or even adults, or even elderly, I'm bored. It is because you are not getting what you want. That is why you are bored. I want to play, but no one wants to play. Right? They're all busy with their life. I want to go here, but no one brings me there. Right? I want to do this, but I'm too young. No one brings me there. Right? Because you're bored because you want to do things. You want to have things that the world provides and you can't have it. But righteousness is always available to you at home, alone. In fact, you will want to be alone more. I'm glad that many of the young ones you are reading a lot, you find that when you read, you are in another world. You'll never be bored. You don't have to go this place and that places, right? Now, Christian, maybe even for you adults, do you look at others and say, wow, they traveled to this place, they traveled to that place, then you look at their Facebook, wow, they went to this place, that place, oh, I can only look at them through pictures. I can never afford them. I can never have the time to do this or that. I'm so busy serving God in church, all right? When my free time, all I see is these four walls or the four walls in my bedroom, all right? Busy studying FEBC because busy doing some project for God. Now, do you feel that way? Well, I'm so bored. You know, people are going here and there. They're seeing this and that. Now, how do you view God's word. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, the word of God, if you hunger and thirst after that, do you, have you experienced the times when, when you read the Bible, you feel like you're transported to another, another world and time? You're just lost in it. And when you experience that, and then you begin, then God the Holy Spirit shows you more about God. And then your heart is stirred. Remember how those people... Uh, on the way to Emmaus, and say, that's that strange fire in our heart. When Christ spoke with them, did not our hearts burn within us? There's nothing in this world that can bring that burning in their heart except the words of Christ. Have you come to that point where you say, you know, I, I'd really rather not go for a holiday. If I had time for a holiday, I know many of you have to go back and visit relatives. It's not so much a holiday. It is some duties you have, to, you, have to, you have to fulfill, some obligations. But have you reached a stage of a hunger and thirst after righteousness where you feel that holidays are very troublesome? Parents, I'm not saying holidays are troublesome because you have to pack bags and bags of things for your children. Yes, that is troublesome. But it's troublesome because, you know, we get tired. Our routine for family worship and all that, we have to put in extra effort. All these things, I, I wish we don't have to do these things. Not needing to go on a holiday sounds so nice. Have you reached such a stage? 
where it's a chore, a burden? Or are those things, well, the pleasures that you find, the delights that you find, more? Holidays are not sinful, are not evil in themselves. But there are things that you seek after more than the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then you begin to realize why you find reading the Word of God boring. Church, attendance, you force yourself to come. There is no delight. It is not blessed. Right? Now, so, now I picture some of you young ones in school and you go through this. I hope that this message would encourage you. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, and last week we saw, you will, you will suffer persecution. They that will live godly will suffer persecution. You will, you will suffer these things. But learn tonight. You can always go to a corner, and even when you are standing in that corner alone, young ones, you are not alone. Christ draws very close to you because of your hunger and thirst for righteousness. This must be real to your life, young ones. Welcome to adults. How does this materialize in your life? If you truly hunger and thirst after righteousness, how does this materialize in your life? You know, many people, when they meet up, they have gatherings, well, well old colleagues meeting, old classmates gatherings, university gatherings, right? Um, and so on, alumni gatherings. Well, people will talk about their possessions, their, their achievements, and they'll flaunt what they have, right? How do you feel at that time, right? Sometimes in the smaller conversations, you say, wow, that guy is so, such a show-off, you know? But you know, even as they say it to you, the person who's saying is full of envy. You know, the person used to be nobody. Wow, now he's trying to show off, right? Envy, full of envy. Maybe you feel envy and jealousy as well. And then you go away feeling, ah, you know, I wish I were more important in this life. I wish I had this to show off. I wish I had that. I wish my children, I had something to brag about my children. Do you feel that way? Then you feel that because I spend my time serving God, because I spend my time studying the Word, because I spend my time trying to bring up godly seed, because I stop working to bring up godly seed as a mother, you know, I feel, I feel like I've left out. I'm left out. I, I missed out so much as a result. I go there, I dress like an old lady, right? And they are all in their fashionable, latest trend and all that. So I didn't know this is the trend even. Then how do you feel? Now, you know what is this blessedness? That when you are in such a situation, that you pursued hunger, you pursued righteousness, and that was your hunger and thirst, that in those conversations, nothing seems to faze you. Nothing, it doesn't seem to bother you at all. In fact, when you hear them talk about that, you, your heart just gets, gets more and more grief and sad for them. It's like, you mean this is all that matters to you? Don't you know that you will end up in hell forever and ever? These things are, are so temporal. No, that is the blessedness materializing. God says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after, that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Why? Because in your heart, all that I have, all that I desire, I have. All that I desire, I have. And I can have. And I can continue to have. 
Many of them continue to pursue things that they may never ever have. Right? And they just yearn and long and yearn and long and an emptiness in there. This is the materializing of genuine hunger and thirst after righteousness. Do you think it's worth it? You will be more concerned about can I leave work on time? Because there's prayer meeting, because there's Bible studies, because there is FEBC classes, because there is family worship, because there's a project that I'm doing for the church. While others are going out for their networking, what is this blessedness? They feel that it's very blessed, right? They are deepening their networking, their business networks, right? But this blessedness is you knowing I am pleasing God. This is what God wants me to be doing. That is all that matters. There is no urgency or worry in your heart, but just a blessed feeling. F-I-L-L-I-N-G, eh? a blessed feeling. Not an emptiness and a worry and an urgency. Maybe I should go next week onwards. Maybe I should be part of them. No such thing. All you know in your heart is, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. If it is needed for you for seeking his kingdom, it will be added. If that promotion is needed, if that increment is needed, if that position, if that possession is needed, you will be given it. You will truly believe promotion comes not from networking with people from the east or the west, traveling to the east or the west, Some of you make clear to your bosses, boss, I really do not want a job that makes me travel. I understand that sometimes it's inevitable, the occasional, but in, I do not want a job where traveling is part of its requirement. All right? Promotion does not come from east and west. Well, some say, if you don't travel, you know, if you don't take a regional job, you're going to miss out on the promotion. It doesn't matter to you. You see that blessed life, you're not always trying to well, be part of the rat race. Being part of the rat race is a very miserable thing. You know, it's so common. Someone joins a company. Maybe you. you join, someone joins a company feeling really good. Wow, walk in like the star. Sorry, I'm not meaning Uncle Frank, right? He just walked in. Right? Walk in like the star, right? And he walked in. <laughs> right? Walk in like the star and then because they, you got employed, and then you, they employ you because of certain skills, certain abilities, you have certain things that they want, and then you feel that well, the company needs you, right? Or maybe some of you, you finish some course, some certification, well, and nothing wrong with that, but you do it because you feel that that is what you hunger and thirst after. That is what will bring you success. So you hunger and thirst after that. I say again, there's nothing wrong to take courses, Right? To go for certifications, but it must not be our hunger and thirst, right? So, so now you you have that you are unique. In other words, you are the best in that area. In other words, you hunger and thirst to be the best in a certain field, and then you got the certification, and then you're recognized as that. But you know, you know in your heart, sooner or later, there will be someone better than you that will come along. Where does it end? That hunger and thirst. 
You know the saying, right? No matter how good, no matter how creative, no matter how wonderful, no matter how amazing, there's always an Asian somewhere that will do better. <laughs> so there's always someone better that will do better than you, that will be more creative than you, that will invent something better than you could ever invent. There's always someone. Where does it end? It's a miserable life. You feel that blessedness, you feel that feeling for a moment. Maybe a month, maybe two months, maybe a few years even. But you know, it doesn't last. So what? Do you know that blessedness of... It doesn't matter all these promotions that are going on with my colleagues, all these pay increments that are going on in their lives, and all the networking they're doing, and all the wonderful things they're enjoying in life. My blessedness is I get home and have time to do my quiet time. I have time to teach my family. I have time to do the projects that are given to me in my ministry. All you look forward to is reach home and do that. Now, I remember someone shared, right? Um, the person said, all I remember, and this was an elderly man, right, in his year, final years on earth. So all I remembered was the part of my life where the person was quite a high-ranking person, right? All I remembered was when I go home, I just eat my dinner, and then I'm sitting there doing the project for the church. It was an important project, a project that benefited many Christians till now. now. All I remember is doing that. At the same time, the person was a, was a busy person in the, in the world, a looked-up-to person in the industry, but that did not matter to this person. All he wanted was to go home week after week, months after months, took whatever time it took to finish the project. And said, all I remember also, my child was roped in to help. I said, that was the most wonderful thing in my memory, the most blessed thing. Nothing else, nothing else mattered. Now, that is a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Does not the Lord tell us, well, to live for Him, right? To know Him, to serve Him. That when we have time to do that, that is all that matters. That is a very blessed life. Nothing else. Your friends, now, those that say, you know, I achieved this, I achieved that, you know in the, the next class gathering, someone else is higher than them. Isn't it true? Where does it end? You are not bothered if your friends and colleagues are making it big and going for expensive holidays and you can hardly afford church camp. Whether you're a single working person or, or, or a family person, you can hardly... Well, afford to pay for all your family members. But it doesn't bother you at all. And that the only holiday that you have, well, maybe the young ones as well, the only holiday that you have that daddy and mommy can afford is church camp. And to you, I'd rather have church camp. Because day and night, we are, we are intensely studying the Word of God, then we are having Shelley prayer, and then we, are have, we have Christian fellowship. They say, wow, that is like heaven on earth. Actually, you know, the young ones, they are like that. The young ones. I've seen many, again and again, at a particular age, they cry when church camps end. They just say, I don't want this to end. They tasted that righteousness. And that's all that they care I think at that point, Daddy and Mommy say, we'll take you to whatever nice place that they want to go. I don't want, I just want camp. 
Now, that is the blessedness. That the blessedness is whatever the world puts in front of you, and you know they're always temporal, has no, there is no appetite for it at all. Using the word appetite to link it to hunger and thirst. There is no appetite for these things. That is a very blessed life. Now, adults, now can we turn to 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians seven thirty one. First Corinthians seven thirty one. Some of you know this by heart. First Corinthians seven thirty one. Shall we read together? First Corinthians seven thirty one. And they that use this world, not as as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. Now God says very simply. They that use this world, we have to use this world. So don't think for a moment, I'm telling you, work is a waste of time, um, studying is a waste of time, exercising is a waste of time, eating is a waste of time. Now, we have to do certain things in this world. Even recreation, right? even Christ has come apart and rest, it has its place. But God says, as not abusing it, not hungering and thirsting and lusting after these things turning even necessary things into things that we abuse, turning into lust. Now, I say the reason is this. God says, for the fashion of this world passeth away. Now, whatever the world it pursues, that's the fashion. Whatever that, that, that is capturing their mind, that's the fashion. So, whether it's dressing, whether it's gadgets, the latest stuff, Whatever it is, the latest fad in uh, what kind of jobs, what kind of studies, what kind of industry, whatever it is, it passeth away. Passeth away. The blessedness that God gives never passes away. How much can you pursue certifications? I know of Christians. It's one certification after another certification after another certification. Certification for the sake of certification. It can even be in, be in the um, ministry. It's just for the sake of certifications. That is all. Where does it end in the industry? I want to, I want to be good in this industry. And before you know it, the, the technology changes. Right? Now suddenly with artificial intelligence, many people are very worried. So many things have been invented, almost become irrelevant. In the industry, they call it the killer application. You know the killer application? There will always be a killer application. Killer application means there will be a new application that comes out that kills everything else that used to be the king of application. A killer application. It makes everything else irrelevant. It happens all the time. The latest gadget, if you're hungry and thirsting after gadgets, before your, before, after you pay for your gadget, before the next upgrade, the next device, the next upgrade is coming, the next um, invention is coming around already, right? So you see, the Lord says, the fashion of this world passeth away. Women, ladies, are you obsessed with fashion? I'm not asking you to dress strange, but don't be obsessed with fashion, all right? When you hunger and thirst to be, to look like the world, there's no end to it. 
Do you go out and you feel, I must make sure that this is the right handbag, this is the right kind of shoes, right kind of hairdo, right kind of dress, right kind of whatever. Because that is the world. I must be like them. Keep up with them. Or you go out, dress properly, right? Decently. Dress, um, what's that word? Um, appropriately, all right? And that is enough. It doesn't bother you. You don't have, you, you feel that this is a very nice life. I go out, I don't have to keep trying to be like them. Right? That blessedness materializing when all you care about is, am I pleasing to God? Am I useful to God? Now, elderly, and I close, all right? Elderly. Now, elderly, I know many will fear loneliness when you grow old. Hmm? But the Lord says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will always be blessed and you will always be filled. I've shared this many times. Mrs. Arnett is really the real-life classic example that I've witnessed. She has no one visiting, hardly anyone visits her. Always alone in her room. All that she has is in that, in that cupboard. When you open the cupboard, just one or two other clothes. And she can't even reach those clothes. But all she has, all she cares about is the Bible next to her. Every time you visit her, she's closing her eyes and her lips are moving. She's praying. She was never lonely. And sometimes I try to sense, I talk, talk with her. No, she said, no. And you could see she was really not lonely. She knew the presence of Christ very real to her. So elderly, if you worry about how you will be, how you will feel when you grow old, and maybe some of you, some of us may be ending up in a nursing home because our children cannot be carrying us anymore. It will cause more harm than good. And we are going to need nursing home care. How do you think about these things? Concerned, worried, distressed, sad, but God says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you hunger and thirst after God, hunger and thirst after His knowledge, hunger and thirst after prayer, after communion, fellowship with Him, obeying Him and pleasing Him, God says, you will be blessed even though you are bedridden. Now, if you don't hunger and thirst after righteousness, elderly, now, and young people, it's the same. If you do not hunger and thirst after righteousness now, you can be pretty sure you will be miserable when you're bedridden. Because you'll be miserable because all the things that you hunger and thirst after that you could have and you did have, you still can go for holidays, you still can eat, you still can travel, you can go shopping, you can go exercise, you can, you can have this and that. All the things that you hunger and thirst now, you can get it. But one day you will not be able to have them anymore. It will come, for sure. Until you build that hunger and thirst now, that when that time comes, it is so a part of your life. You will just be blessed in bed alone. Same for the singles, if you worry about loneliness. When you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will begin to feel like the Apostle Paul. I'm very thankful that God did not call me to marriage. 
I can serve the Lord. Like, not like what the married people um, can do. They have their other responsibilities. But I say, yes, but singlehood is a calling. It's not for everyone. But I say, I wish that all of you were like me. See, when, because the Apostle Paul hungered and thirsted after righteousness, even though he was a single, he did not have any qualms about it. He delighted in it. So, Christian, there is a genuine materializing of the blessed feeling. There is. You see it for yourself. You know that these things are there. But the question always comes back. Do we truly have a hunger and thirst after righteousness? Let us turn to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, search our hearts. What do we really hunger and thirst after? Is this blessedness, is this feeling not materializing in our lives? Whether we are teens or whether adults or elderlies, is it not materializing because? Oh, because, oh Lord, we do not have this hunger and thirst. Father, we pray for every hearer. Lord, that they would experience some of this hunger, this blessedness and it will stir them they will have this experiential faith and they will delight more and more in these things to the point lord the blessed feeling is so wonderful in our lives and nothing nothing in this world makes us distressed envious jealous oh lord what a wonderful life that will be with you Lord, make this so in every one of us. And Father, we pray, O Lord, that you would meet with us in the place of prayer. The church can do nothing without you. Hear every prayer. Answer according to thy timing and according to thy will that your kingdom's work will be forwarded. And Lord, we pray as we, for each one of us as we pray that we will be earnest, that we will supplicate, that we will not let our minds, our hearts drift around O oh Lord, that each one of us will plead with you in our hearts as the other person prays for any item. Teach us to pray, O oh God. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.